Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of January 21. In the news, Armenia's foreign ministry denies that the Armenian side set preconditions for the demarcation of the border with Azerbaijan. The trial of former Defense Minister David Tonoyan kicks off. And COVID numbers are on the rise again in Armenia. On January 20, Vahan Hunanyan, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, stated that during the trilateral meeting between Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev, and the President of European Council, Charles Michel, on December 14 in Brussels, an agreement had been reached on the withdrawal of Armenian and Azerbaijani troops from the border. Earlier that day, Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister, Jehan Bayramov, had announced that Baku did not accept so-called preconditions put forward by Armenia to start the demarcation and delimitation process, adding that delimitation is an important component of normalizing relations and Baku supports starting the process as soon as possible. Van Hunanyan announced that the proposals of the Armenian side don't have anything to do uh, with preconditions, but the implementation of the agreements reached between the Armenian and Azerbaijani sides in Sochi back in uh, on November 26 and later in Brussels on December 14. The day before Armenia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Arad Mirzoyan, confirmed in Parliament the statements made last week by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov that Armenia had presented a new package of proposals regarding the demarcation and the delimitation of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border to the Russian side and had asked to pass the package to the Azerbaijani side as well. Mirzoyan stated that the package includes Armenia's suggestions of mutual withdrawal from the border, which the Armenian government has voiced many times before. He also said that he cannot disclose many details as work is still ongoing, adding that in the package, Armenia is offering mechanisms through which no Armenian village, settlement, or road will fall under Azerbaijani control. Mirzoyan also stated that Armenia's proposals are based on Soviet-era maps, but did not clarify which maps in particular. Well, continuing from that, Ararat Mirzoyan uh, also commented on Aliyev's announcement that it is not the responsibility of the OSC Minsk Group to solve the Gharapakh conflict anymore, adding that as much as Aliyev likes to announce that he has solved the Gharapakh conflict following the 2020 Artsakh war, the international community has announced many times that um, the the conflict in Gharapakh has not been resolved and can only be settled under the auspices of the OSC Minsk Group. He announced that a visit of the OSC uh, co-chairs of the Minsk Group co-chairs is expected to the region, but did not clarify when. And on January 17, Russia's representative to the OSCE, Alexander Lukashevich, had expressed concern that the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs have yet not visited the region, and this is since the war, to get acquainted with the situation on the ground and to suggest mechanisms that will help the sides overcome humanitarian issues. Following Lugashevich's uh, statements on January 20, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova announced that they expect a response from the Armenian and Azerbaijani sides regarding a trip of the Minsk Group co-chairs to the region. She also stated that as uh, a co-chair country, uh, Russia fully supports the work of the group. Sakharova also announced that on December 2, during the summit of the foreign ministers of OSCE states in Stockholm, the co-chairs presented suggestions on the agenda of future cooperation to the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan. The sticking point here, Rubina, is that um, how the Minsk Group co-chairs are going to get to Gharapakh through via Armenia or via Azerbaijan. And I think now a year and a half almost since the end of the war, this is uh, the main reason why the co-chairs uh, have yet to visit. Yeah, because Azerbaijan insists that they yep. should go through Azerbaijan. 
Today, EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar, and a number of other European diplomats met with Armenia Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian and Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan in Yerevan. The sides discussed the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. French diplomat Isabelle Dupont and Tovio Klar stated that the EU is actively working towards solving the humanitarian issues concerning the Armenian POWs held in Azerbaijan. During the meeting with the EU diplomats, Arat Mirzoyan stated that in order to ensure security and stability on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, the agreements reached in Sochi and in Brussels must be implemented. Tovio Klar and Isabel Dupont were also visited Baku yesterday. Last week, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan signed a decision to create a working group tasked with implementing the reconstruction of the railroad, which is to link Armenia to Azerbaijan, as well as Nakhichevan to mainland Azerbaijan. Ardash Estumanyan, an advisor to the Prime Minister and Armenia's former ambassador to Iran, has been appointed as the head of the working group. He is to report to the Prime Minister every three months about the progress of the work. And as a reminder, the Armenian government estimates that the reconstruction of the Armenian part of the Yeras Khajulfa or Dubat Meghri Horadis railway will cost 200 million US dollars. The 45 kilometer long railroad will pass through Meghri. Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian had announced last year that the reconstruction of the railroad would take up to three years. Following the meeting between Armenian and Turkish special representatives in Moscow last week, Turkey's Foreign Minister Mevlet Çavuşoğlu announced on January 20 that Turkey has extended an invitation to neighboring countries Armenia, Greece and uh, Cyprus to participate in an international diplomatic forum which is going to take place in the Turkish resort town of Antalya in March. The Armenian side has not yet decided whether it will accept the invitation. And this week, one more body was discovered during search operations, which are still going on more than one year after the Artsakh War. To date, 1,706 bodies have been retrieved. The total number of casualties the Armenian side suffered during the war is 3,809. 220 servicemen and civilians are still missing. In other news, on January 19, the trial of former Defense Minister David Donoyan kicked off. The trial will be held behind closed doors. Donoyan's lawyers announced the day before the trial started that there is no need to hold the court hearings behind closed doors as the case does not involve anything that falls under the law of protecting state secrets and they uh, requested that the hearings be open to the public. According to Donoyan's defense team, the trial is being held uh, behind closed doors so that uh, the lack of evidence against uh, their, the former defense minister does not become uh, public. Armenia Speaker of Parliament Alan Simonian is in Washington, D.C. for a state visit where he met with the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, the Chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Gregory Meeks, Congressman Brad Sherman, and Chris Smith, the President of International Republican Institute, Daniel Twinning and the Regional Program Director for Eurasia, Stephen Nix, as well as Congressman Adam Schiff. Democratic processes in Armenia, the fight against corruption, legislative reforms, and the post-war situation in the region were among the topics that Simonian discussed with the U.S. officials. 
On January 18, the European Court of Human Rights issued uh, its ruling on the Pashinyan versus Armenia case concerning the post-election events of 2008. The ECHR recognized the violation of Pashinyan's right to freedom of assembly and expression, personal integrity, liberty, and security during the events uh, of 2008, which we know uh, led to... Uh, March 1st events. Right, uh, 10 people being killed when Pashinyan was still an oppositionist and was arrested on charges of organizing mass riots and was sentenced to seven years in prison. Pashinyan's lawsuits against Armenia were submitted to the ECHR in 2010 and 2011. He did not file claims for material compensation from the European court. And this week, the parliament held the first four-day session of the year, during which several bills were adopted. All kinds of gambling advertisements will be banned in Armenia, including via television, radio, and the internet, with a few exceptions. The casinos or bookmakers will still be able to advertise their services through their own official websites or on their own buildings. Uh, ruling civil contract party member Bob Kentunian announced in parliament that from January to November 2021, Armenians spent 3.2 trillion drums on gambling. It's an astronomical number. Uh, and Parliament also passed a bill aimed at limiting cash transactions in the country. Moving forward, transfers exceeding 300,000 Armenian dirhams, this is about $600, cannot be made by cash anymore. Also, pawn shops providing loans over 80,000 Armenian dirhams will now have to transfer the money online. And universal health coverage is back on the agenda in Armenia. The Ministry of Health has drafted a bill which entails covering 90% of health services for Armenian citizens. This will mean that employees have to pay an additional 6% tax. A similar bill had been prepared before the pandemic but was uh, put on hold. If passed into law, universal health care coverage will come into effect in 2024. And as of January 1, all health care services are free of charge in Arsakh, the state minister Ardak Beklarian announced this on January 18. This week, the French government announced the establishment of the French Institute in Armenia. It will operate at the Aznavur Center in Yerevan. The institute will contribute to deepening the cultural ties between the two countries and will further promote uh, the French language and culture in Armenia. The project was developed uh, by former um, French ambassador to Armenia, Jonathan Lacote, and the Asnavur Foundation. And uh, something that we've been talking about for two weeks now, Agagik Zarukyan, the well-known businessman and the leader of the Prosperous Armenia Party, announced uh, his plans to erect the 33-meter statue of Jesus. Uh, he has not specified where it will be, but he says the statue has to be 33 meters because that's how old Jesus was. Uh, and uh, we all, But we know that it's not going to be in Yerevan. And amidst criticism from the public about whether a Jesus statue is something that Armenia needs right now, Zarukyan announced that he has done charitable work in different spheres in the past and will continue to do so, and that the statue will not get in the way of his charity work. He also stated that the uh, commissioning of the statue is the wish of his family, and he expects it to deliver salvation and hope to Armenia. Okay. Um, so no commentary, and we'll move on to the latest COVID updates. And now to the latest COVID updates. Armenia is on the cusp of yet another wave of the pandemic. Today, 628 new infection cases were registered, which is a record high number after the last surge in numbers 
uh, back in November 2021. The vaccination process um, is ongoing, um, but still the numbers are not quite there. 26.5% of the population is now fully vaccinated, while 32.9% have received their first shot. 2,736 people have already re uh, received booster shots, and you and I, Rubina, have to get our boosters next month, right? Um, and Let me say it, in February. In February. <laughs> Starting tomorrow, people uh, will need to show proof of vaccination or a negative PCR test in order to be able to go to restaurants, pubs, cafes, uh, and shops. So we'll see how that will be, um, how that process will move forward. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Uh, and just before we sign off, uh, on our social media platforms, uh, you can see that we have launched a new audience survey. And uh, we would really appreciate uh, our readers and supporters to take 10, 15 minutes of their time to fill out that questionnaire. It will help us, um, you know, improve the way we work. So. And we promise we try to make it so short, but it's... Yeah. Um, we don't, we can't make size. anything short, Rubina, <laughs> yes. everything we do. Anyway, so we appreciate your time uh, and your feedback, um, and we'll see you next Friday. Mm -hmm.